I'm Jeff Sturtz, and this is Wide Awake, a podcast offering biblical insight and encouragement. On New Year's Eve, just four days ago, a man named Floyd found himself where earlier in the year he was not expecting to be. But before he knew it, a young man about 20 years his junior began to attack him, throwing punches at Floyd and landing a few as Floyd tried to defend himself. This younger man, who was Floyd's assailant, was known in his sphere for his strength and his skill as a fighter. In fact, never had he lost a fight with anyone he faced. Blow after blow, swing after swing, Floyd's attacker tried to defeat him and hit him to the ground. But Floyd, even though he was not expecting to be in this moment here months earlier, was happy as he could be with this 20-year-old young man trying to hit him. And Floyd, even while likely needing some ice and attention after the event, never thought once that perhaps he should have made a different decision leading up to this moment in his life. That's because Floyd, on New Year's Eve just four days ago in front of millions of spectators, was doing what he was born to do, what he loved to do, and in 139 seconds finished his mission, having come out of retirement for this event and delivered a technical knockout in a boxing ring against Tenshin Nasukawa, a fellow champion fighter. And, by the way, in the process, earned himself a nice little exhibition prize to the amount of $9 million. Happy New Year's, Floyd Mayweather. So what are your New Year's hopes and plans? I'm not a person usually uh, given to New Year's resolutions, not saying they're necessarily bad. I just find myself more inspired by reading a good book or hearing a good sermon or simply coming to realize something that really needs to change in my life, perhaps through some sort of circumstance or experience. So I welcome the new year with optimism, just not promises. But I do have plans. I have things I hope will happen in 2019. For instance, I hope that I finish this large landscaping project in my backyard. I've spent a lot of sweat back there and would like to see it completed. I'm hoping our second child successfully graduates from potty training. I'm not placing any bets, but man, that would be a great day. Some of you more obsessive types maybe are just hoping to get through 2019 because the number 19 is sort of unsettling, isn't it? It'd be nice when it ticks up to a nice round 2020. Unfortunately, though, at that point, we'll be hit with endless lens crafters and Warby Parker ads. I suppose things could be worse. But speaking of worse things, are any of you within the sound of my voice planning to do any suffering this year? Any of you planning to get punched in the face like Floyd Mayweather? Any of you planning for people to unnecessarily ridicule you, make up false accusations about you, beat you up and leave you on the roadside for the buzzards? Those really aren't the kind of plans we usually make. We don't plan for people to treat us wrongly on account of our religious convictions, or circle a week in our calendar with red sharpie to be mistreated for trying to share Jesus' love with other people. But as a Christian, if we really want to live out our faith like those who have gone before us, and to live the life our Savior lived, we shouldn't plan on it not happening either. Listen to a man who we would say had his PhD in suffering for Jesus' name make this universal claim in his particular field of study as he recounts his own experience. Our professor Paul, Paul the Apostle, says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
I'm not sure if you caught that there, but the many times beaten and imprisoned Paul says to his younger mentee Timothy, count on it that everyone whose goal in life is to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will, not might, but will be persecuted. Of course, Paul's not making this up. He himself has suffered numerous times. And even if you think, well, Paul, that's fine for you, but that's not my gifting. I'm not the suffering type. Then consider what our Lord himself said about this. He says, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. Suffering and being the object of hate and persecution, we are told, are the expected lot of a follower of Jesus. It may not be something that we can circle with a red sharpie or carve out for some time this summer. It may not even transpire within the next 12 months. But make no mistake that it is something that a Christian should plan on. Now, if you're suffering for being a knucklehead or being foolish, then that's your fault. Don't blame it on being a follower of Jesus. Blame it on your sin. Leave Jesus out of that kind of consequence. But as you consider the matter of suffering as a Christian for Christ's sake, I want to offer perhaps a different perspective than what you may have thought on before. When you consider someone like Floyd Mayweather, whose net worth is somewhere around $1 billion, do you feel sorry for him? Do you pity him for being punched in the face, for getting his eyebrow split open here or there, or his ear torn from a left hook? Do you mourn for his many bruises and days waking up sore the next morning, needing to ice his wounds? Well, no. Why not? Well, it's context, right? We don't feel sorry for Mr. Mayweather because his blood and bruises are something he signed up for to gain a great reward. His blood and bruises are what bring him glory. He is honored to take part in such pain and suffering because what he gets in return is far greater by comparison. He loves it. On New Year's Eve, he didn't have to jump back into the ring. He wasn't forced to do so or so desperate for money that he just had to do something even if it meant risking his safety. No, this was his choice and his love. And nobody, four days later, feels sorry for him for that. By comparison, Paul, a Christian heavyweight, says this about suffering, quote, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. For Paul, the blood and bruises were not something to be despised. They weren't something he sought pity for, and neither should we. Paul, while sitting in a harsh Roman prison on account of his gospel ministry, says to the Philippians that his desire was to, quote, know him, speaking of Jesus, and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I might attain the resurrection of the dead. Paul didn't just want to put up with suffering. His goal, if it meant a better resurrection and entrance into glory, was to suffer for Jesus' sake. Our Christian brothers and sisters in places like China and Turkey and Eritrea and many other places suffer in ways we haven't yet, and we have a hard time even imagining here. 
But in a way, we should be a little jealous that they get all the action. If God so wills, we may just have our own rounds here in the ring here in the States. Some already have. And while we don't have too many instances of people actually getting bloodied and bruised or imprisoned around us in our immediate context, we nevertheless can, due to the fear of ridicule, obscurity, financial loss, or just being ostracized, can sort of cower from the fight, shrink away from difficulty, or disengage from the spiritual warfare around us. I think Paul would say to someone like that, kind of stinks to be you. You're missing out. So even though we can't put it on the calendar in red sharpie or schedule it into our busy lives, and we don't go seeking suffering, let us head into 2019, not avoiding suffering for Jesus' sake, but perhaps praying that God would be honored by not letting us shy away from a round or two in the ring. For us, we have a great eternal weight of glory awaiting us. And for our Lord, in our suffering, he is more glorified. With that, Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. If you don't know what it means to know God personally, please don't hesitate to reach out. And we'd love to show you from the Bible how you can know God. You can email me at info at wileygospel.org. And if you're not plugged into and regularly attending a local church in the Wiley area, I invite you to come out and visit us. You can find the times and location on our website, wileygospel.org. I look forward to sharing with you more encouragement from God's word here on Wide Awake.